Season three is all about the how-tos of running. And in this episode, I'm talking to run coach Meredith Minnick about how to celebrate ourselves as runners through all the ups and downs of our runner lives. Enjoy this episode and thanks for listening. All right, welcome everyone. Season three, how-tos when it comes to running. And today I'm joining, I'm joined, I'm joining, but yes, I am joining and I am being joined by Meredith Minnick. She was on season two, one of the coaches that I interviewed and we got to, oh my goodness, I got so excited that I think I'm going to make myself cough now. Hold on. (laughs) was so excited about it, just having you back. And and my excitement is because this episode has me so excited. So when we spoke back, way back whenever we spoke, we started talking about celebrating running. And Mm -hmm. this whole idea of celebration really just struck me. And And I feel like it struck me even more now because in my post London Marathon life, looking back at that race, that race was a true celebration for me as a runner, for myself in relationship to running and in particular relationship to running marathons Mm -hmm. that I knew I just wanted to talk to you more about celebration and how that relates to running and all the good that can come from that. So before we actually dive into celebration, I'm going to take a sip of water because my excitement did get to me. And (laughs) I would like you to introduce yourself to us once again, who you are, your coaching stuff, where are you right now? And maybe just how did you get to a point where celebration is something that you became aware of? Mm -hmm. Great. Well, thanks for having me on again. I loved our conversation from season two. So I'm excited to be back. Um, I'm Meredith Minnick. My coaching business is called Level Up Your Run. Um, It's been going well. I've been coaching since 2020. Um, I coach women of all abilities. I also would coach men, but right now I have all women. Um, all All abilities, all distances, um, and what I really do try to instill in them also is the celebration of, of being able to run and move your body and, and what that looks like on a day-to-day basis, because it changes on a day-to-day basis as well. Um, so I am a five-time marathoner. Um, I've run 18 half marathons. I love the distance. I am actually running a mile for the first time on Monday. I've never raced a mile. Oh, okay. A mile on Memorial Day. Okay. I want to know how that goes for you. I'm a little scared. (laughs) I would rather run 26 miles uh, than race one mile, but maybe that's my perception right now, but maybe it'll change. So that's kind of what's been going on with me. I love that because (laughs) I heard you say that. I'm like, that just sounds awful. Um, yeah, because yeah. there there's a big difference between, you know, 26.2 miles, just any longer distance, right? You can kind of ease yourself into it. Whereas mm-hmm. with a mile, I mean, it's, it's short enough to hurt. <laughs> and yeah. it's also just you're you're going, you're going from the minute you start, you're going. Yeah, so, it's going to be an experience for sure. Um, 
and it's like puke pace. And I don't like puke pace. Marathon pace is not puke pace for the most no. part. Yeah. Uh, there might be some pukey moments later on in the race, but um, it'll be, yeah, it'll be fun. I'm glad to, I'm excited to expand my racing horizons. How are you approaching it? Are you going to do a warm up mile, then cool down? Okay. Cause I feel like yeah. that's always something that really important for people to know you're not just doing the mile you're actually going to warm up and prep your body beforehand yeah I'll probably do at least a mile warm-up maybe yeah. like maybe a 20 minute warm-up um so over like maybe two miles and then race um I always feel like I do better when I am doing my workouts my speed workouts I do better with a longer warm-up so I'll definitely do some some type of warm-up between a mile and, and two miles and then I'll do another mile, mile and a half cool down afterwards. Um, so I'll bet, you know, cause that's so important as well. Um, as you know, you know, you gotta, like, I actually really like the, I look forward to those cool down miles so much after a hard workout. Um, so, so I'll do another mile or two after the race. So it'll be like, probably like a five mile day. Yeah. I love cool downs because I feel like that's where I actually feel the benefit of the speed workout. So I know for me, I'll, I'll just throw some numbers out there so that people can kind of understand what I'm talking about. Right. Where it's like, Oh, maybe the warm up miles were at an 11 minute pace mm -hmm. and then you do your speed workout. And then the cool down miles were like at a 1045 pace. And it's like, Oh, that's, that's immediate scene, immediate instant gratification of seeing yeah. how my body has responded to and adjusted to the workout. That is that I love that. And I feel like that is talk about like a moment where that is a bit of celebration of, Oh, okay, yeah. I did that. I did. Yeah. That. So it's, I agree. I agree so much. And so the first question I had for you, and, and I say this because I talk about this all the time. I try to tell people all the time running is hard. Running is hard and it's always hard. It is always going to be hard. <laughs> what yep. changes is your perception of the effort, but running is always hard. And even to what you're saying, you'd rather run 26.2 miles than one mile at puke pace, right? Like yeah. some people will listen to you and they'll be like, no, I'd rather do that one mile and never do 26.2, right? Like right. there, there is that. So running is hard and it can be challenging. How do we reconcile something that's hard with celebration? So I think how that reconciles is how is when you look back at your effort and your progress over the course of a training cycle or the course of a couple of years or a couple of months, and you see that what you've done, like, you know, if you look at a, a month or two, two months worth of work. And you're like, wow, like, look at what I did. Like, I mean, every day you're kind of just checking off the box, but when you look at the, the whole cycle as, and, and you can, like, you can celebrate how you have, you have improved or there's might, maybe a, it's a non-time improvement. Maybe it's a, like becoming stronger. Maybe it's, maybe it's going longer. Maybe it's going further for like that whole, like, cycle, like you've never run over a hundred miles a month. And then you hit that milestone and being able to celebrate, like, you know, taking a step back and being like, I did this for me. This is all for me. And it's something that made me a better person. It can make you a better partner. 
to mm-hmm. your, your, you know, your spouse or your, your, whoever is in your life. It can make you a better parent. If you have kids, it can make you a better employee, just, you know, and celebrating taking that time for yourself and, and recognizing that you put in the effort and you alone. I think that's how you can look at these hard, these hard moments as a collective. So I'll share about myself and, and I feel like my experience will probably be a similar experience for a lot of people. And then I'll ask my question. So when I first started running, I was that person. I was like, oh my God, I did it. I can't believe I did it. I was so impressed with everything that I did. So impressed. I, I was not an athletic person growing up. I was not a runner until my mid twenties. Like none of that. I, I had no interest in sweating if I didn't have to. And when I started running, I was just so, I was just so impressed. I was so impressed by what I could do. So everything did feel like a celebration. And then I got deeper into running and like wanting to get PRs and do all the races. And I feel like I stopped celebrating myself. Is that something that you've experienced with yourself, like in in your trajectory as a runner where you started off, yes, celebrating yourself and then you stopped. And if, if it was, how did you get back into that mindset of celebrating yourself again? So this is a really relevant, timely question, actually, for me. I um, am coming off of a very tough marathon where I had, I would give myself like an A minus on my training cycle, which was a long training cycle. I did 18 weeks, which for me is longer than I've ever trained for a marathon. Wow. Um, and looking back over that, I had this discussion with my coach. It was like, after, you know, the tri- you know, right before the race, I was like, I think I gave myself like an A minus. I like, I, there was a couple workouts that I didn't quite do right, but you know, on the, on the whole, it was a solid, solid training cycle. And I raced the Pittsburgh marathon on May 6th or 7th. It was beginning of the month. And I felt horrible the entire time. And it comes out that uh, I got a text the next morning. My boss had COVID and I was like, I feel really bad. And I was like, I bet you I have COVID. So I did end up taking two tests. They both were negative. I could, I, I will, I will say to this day, that's what it was. So it was really hard for me because I had big goals going into this race. Um, and just not being able to perform at all was really, really tough for me. Um, and it's still something I'm working through, but that's kind of why I'm doing this mile race right now, because guess what? It's going to be an automatic PR because I've never raced a mile before. So that can be something to celebrate. And, um, just, you know, like, it's just, it's, you have to work through it every day and you have to give yourself some grace. Like there are moments that I'll say, oh my God, like you are not anywhere near where you thought you were. And then there's moments I'm like, it was really hard and I still completed it. And I still crossed that finish line. And I did have a non-time goal for that race also, which was to not text my coach during the race. <laughs> oh, I had- oh my gosh. I, I need said- to implement that. <laughs> I have had that a few times when I've started to, you know, started to doubt and, and we talked and we were like, this is going to be our non-time goal. I'm not going to pull out my phone. And I did not pull out my phone. 
So I was like, Hey, I did accomplish one goal. Um, so, you know, there, while I'm working through the, you know, the past three weeks and going forward into my next training cycle, the celebration will be that I, that I didn't quit. The race didn't look like how I thought it was going to look like, but you know what? I've raced five marathons and three have been great and two have been not great. So that's not a bad percentage. And I need to celebrate the fact that even though I was sick, I still accomplished something that is remarkable. I mean, you know, we're in this running world, so we think everybody runs marathons, but that is not the case. And um, so just kind of, I'm so I'm still kind of working through it, but uh, hopefully that answered the question, um, you know, and, and just, you know, you, I, we made it through. So sometimes that's, that's worth celebrating. I think, so first of all, I'm going to make it my next goal to not text my coach during a race, but that's <laughs> my next goal. Cause I'm like, I'm listening to you and I'm like, yeah, I totally texted her at mile 20 of my last marathon. And then the marathon before that was probably mile 15. Yep. <laughs> so that's going to be a goal of mine. And it's funny, right? Because it's like, you know, that they're tracking us. Like they, right. they don't need the text message, you know, that right. they're tracking us. And it does answer the question because I'm going to say it does, because it very much so reflects my experience of, again, in the beginning, I celebrated myself so much because I was just so in awe. I couldn't believe I was doing the things that I was doing. And then I started going after very specific time goals. I was not meeting them. So then I got very disappointed with myself and with running, like, I, I say this too, where like running can lift you so high, but then it can also break your heart. And it then it, it also just doesn't care, right? Like running is just running. Right. It doesn't care. And right. after that, I had a very strange relationship with running where I was like, I was doing it. I was going through the motions, but not really feeling it. And I would say it's probably over the past three years and it's been a process. It has been a process, but it has been over the three years, past three years. I guess we can thank the pandemic for that when there was no races, there was nothing going on other than just me being consistent with running that I realized, wait, but I have the ability to run. And that is something that not everyone can. And when I was running the London Marathon, for those of you that don't know, and if I don't know if you know this, but the London Marathon is the single biggest fundraising day for England. It's a huge charitable day. And as I was running, I kept thinking about, wait, I'm doing this when there's people who can't run. I'm doing this when there's people who they don't even want to run this. Like they're not interested in it at all. And then I run when there are people who would like to do it, but feel like they can't. Mm -hmm. And that shifted everything for me during that race of, all right, we're, we're going to celebrate the fact that we're here because not everyone is doing this and not everybody wants to do this and not everyone can do this. How do you get, and when you're coaching your athletes, how do you get them to remember that or to keep that in mind? Because I feel like we can get, caught up so easily in the, the time goal, the distance goal, 
all these other goals. And we forget that sometimes just making it to the start line, injury-free and healthy, that's a big accomplishment too. Yeah. You know, I really do strive to have, um, my clients think about mantras while they run and also, um, like the, like those non-time goal thing, like, you know, like the not texting your coach or whatever. Um, and I think that's a good way to help not get so caught up in the time goals. And they're great. Like I, you know, that's what motivates a lot of people. And it's motivating to me as well. So there's nothing wrong with having a time goal, but when it becomes obsessive and, and beating you down and, and, and taking away the joy, then you really need to have a step back. And, and, and when some of my clients are getting into this, like, Oh, like, you know, kind of rut, I'm like, you know what, go out for a timed run. Don't go out for a mileage run, say, go, go out to a trail go somewhere where you can't really run fast because of, you know, the typography or whatever it is and, and do it with a friend, do it with, you know, one of your kids, somebody that's going to help you like bring joy and, and, and like someone that will like lift your spirits, um, in that way. And I think it's important to, to keep in mind, like you said, that not everyone can run that wants to run. Like you think about like when you've had injuries and you're like, you just wish you could go out even for like, I was, you know, I, I had a, a, a glute issue and I wasn't running for a couple of weeks. Luckily it was only a couple of weeks. It was, and, and I just would lo- have loved to been able to go out and do a walk run, like run for three minutes and walk for two minutes or something. And I couldn't do that at that point. And so like just keeping things in perspective, you know, mm-hmm. and especially people who've been running for a long time and, and like looking back to where you started to where you are now, like think about think back to that person who just started running and if they could see you now with you, your accomplishments, even if you haven't made what you think you can, if you haven't run what you think you're capable of yet, mm-hmm. you know, it's still so impressive the amount of time and energy and, um, you know, pat, like dedication to this sport. So, so those are kinds of the things I, I say to my clients and just like even take off your watch and just go out just be in the fresh air. I think that is so helpful, you know, especially when it's a nice day. We have an, we're having a nice day here. So it's, <laughs> it's, um, it's one of those days that I would tell anybody to go outside and, and just run for it for whatever makes you happy, whatever distance the, makes you happy. For the joy of it. And I, I think that's great. And how do you get people to connect to that? Because that, again, I, we both love this sport. We both love this sport. Obviously, that's that's how we got connected because of yeah. this sport, right? We both love this sport. And yet, I feel for me, my biggest shifts with running came when I started tuning into how I wanted to feel yeah. with running. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to get people there. And I think there there is... And again, like when I first got into running, I was just curious. I was like, oh, half marathon. I've never done that. Let's do that. And then from the half marathon, eventually to the marathon. And then and then after I initially did the distances, that's when I started going for those time goals. Mm-hmm. When I realized that the time goals are, it, to me, it was this realization that I had spent, let's give your example of an 18 week training cycle, 
focused on getting that specific time goal. And then race day comes around and I miss the time goal. Mm -hmm. I guess it's that. So that for me was, everyone probably knows this at this point, but it was a 2017 Chicago marathon. And I finished, I was so disappointed. I was very upset with myself. I was mad at my body. I was, couldn't figure out like what I could have done differently. What was wrong, right? Like all this stuff. I spent a solid three months moping about it, moping about the race, moping about like running and how heartbroken I was about it. And I at least had enough clarity to know that I needed to change what Mm -hmm. I was doing, that however I was training was no longer working. Like I just couldn't train that way. And it was after that, that I hired a run coach and I decided I need to train for a feeling like I need to train not for time, but to feel strong. Now, don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong. Time is still important. But now the time I like to say is is the background music. Mm -hmm. And that feeling is is what's what's forward. How do we work that balance? Because a lot of people, if, if they don't have that time goal, they're not necessarily motivated. To right. keep showing up, or they don't have the it. Do, it doesn't drive them in the same way. How do we bridge that together, where both can exist, but maybe one isn't as prominent as the other? So I'm currently working with a client right now that um, had some injuries and is is trying to is coming back and 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 had some fear about um, going through training cycles again which is why she reached out to me to help like to help her safely accomplish her goals of getting back out there and running, but also staying injury free and working with her in terms of her schedule and, 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 and those types of things. And so what I started to do, like, you know, the first month or so that we worked together, I did not give her any kind of speed work and Mm -hmm. it was just, here's some easy miles and we're going to do some time work based you know, workouts where it's just, you have 40 minutes, go do what you can do in 40 minutes. And it's, it's finishing feeling strong. Every, every run was like, just finish feeling good about yourself and, and being happy mm-hmm. that you're out here because you weren't out here a couple months ago. Um, then we slowly started building in fartlets, um, which, you know, I'm, I'm maybe people don't know or know what fartlets are. It's just basically unstructured speed. And, you know, I'm like, do some, do some fartleks and just, you know, like do like four times a minute or something like that. Just throw them in your, your run and see how you feel, you know? And, and so we've kind of slowly started building back trust that way that she can do the speed and have joy and feel strong and continue to work through these goals and stay injury free. So it's, it was basically meeting her where she was at and then getting her kind of back into um, some of that speed work and, and just, but always with the goal of finishing a race strong. And she's very, she's been very good this entire time that I've been working with her since, oh, probably February, um, with that mindset and it's been working. So, um, so I'm, yeah, it's like, it's just taking the pressure off and doing something unstructured, helping to help build back into that speed and into that, um, like, you know, slowly building up the, the long run miles and not running 
five days a week. Maybe it's only running four days a week. And then the next week it's five and then it's four. And like kind of just really being attuned to what she's feeling. But overall, if you look again at the, the longer cycle, you can see the build and the progression. That I appreciate that so much because I feel like we talk a lot about trust the process, right? Trust the training. And yet what I'm hearing you say is that you have to trust yourself, right? Yes. Like you have yeah. to come to trust yourself first. And it's from that trust that you meet yourself where you're at that day. And it also seems like you're curiosity is also a big part of what you're doing, right? Where you're like, let's just be curious. Let's just go out okay. and see what we can do. And that's okay. And I find that, that, I mean, I had my post post marathon, those first few runs back were timed runs and I mm -hmm. loved them. I loved it. Cause I'm like, wait, you know what? 30 minutes. We'll, we'll see what we can do in those 30 minutes. And when I finished, I was like, all right, I did that. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's also part of it, right? It's that trust and that acceptance of where you are each day. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like when we're in the midst of training, or at least it's happened to me before, where I don't stop to appreciate each step. It's more of a, I can only really, and I've, I've been there before, this past training cycle was the first time that I mentally I, I made it a point to celebrate each run to like, really just be like, all right, mm -hmm. Steph, you did it. Like you went out there, you did it because I've had training cycles. And I'm going to assume a lot of people have had training cycles or they've had periods of time where they don't really register the runs. Like they register that they're doing it, but it's race day that determines whether the training was successful or not, or how they feel about that. Mm -hmm. Have you had that experience before with your athletes or even with yourself? Yes, for sure. And I actually read something um, a couple of weeks ago that really resonated to me. It was, it was maybe a couple of months ago now, but um, you know, it was particularly after a hard workout that I didn't hit my paces. And I just was like, how am I going to run this marathon when I can't hit these paces? Like nothing is showing my fitness. And I read, you know, someone said that you don't do these workouts to prove your fitness. You do the workouts to gain fitness. And mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And now I have been preaching that to my clients um, and that can help reframe your mind and celebrate what you just did, because guess what? That workout wasn't race day. It was just a workout and you're using it as a tool to gain fitness, to be where you want to be. So not every day is race day and not every day. So, you know, so yeah, you didn't have a, quite a great workout, but you still got something from it because you still, you fought through when it got hard, you completed it. And, and that's just more fitness in the bank for whatever your goal is, you know, your goal races. So that's something I've really taken to heart this cycle as well you know, that, that kind of like, you don't do a workout to prove fitness, you do a workout to gain it, I think is really helpful. I mean, I appreciate that because again, there, there are some days where I beat myself up. It didn't, it didn't happen. I'll say it didn't happen this past training cycle because I, so for me, it was the London marathon and 
the last marathon that I had done was Chicago in 2021. And when I finished that race, I said, never again, I'm not doing this ever again. I don't ever want to run another marathon. Told my husband, I told my family, I'm like, if I mention it, take my credit cards, hide it, like whatever you need to do, like get it away from me. And then last fall, I was just curious. I was curious. I'm like, but wait, like, I feel like there's something missing. There's something missing from whatever this recipe of myself as a marathoner, because when I started running, I ran a lot of marathons. So at some point I, I did find joy in the process. Once I decided to run the London marathon, I told myself that I would approach each day with a just try mentality. Each workout, regardless of what it was, was I'm just going to try. And if it happens, great. If it doesn't happen, great. Because I've been in that position where I would do a speed workout, I wouldn't meet the times, and then I would feel disappointed. I would feel like I'm not gaining the fitness that I'm supposed to gain, or that, again, there's something wrong with me that I can't do this. And it's silly because, you know, I've been working with the coach, and I would go, I would think, but my coach is giving me this workout. Like if she believes I can do it, then I should be able to do it. So why am I not being able to do it? Right? Like what's very much so uh, what's wrong with me that I can't do X, Y, Z. And mm-hmm. I told myself in this training cycle, we're not going to do that. We're just going to try. And if it works out great, if it doesn't work out, the run is done. You gave it your best. We move on. Mm-hmm. And for me, I mean, that led to, a successful London marathon experience because I quickly realized I wasn't going to get the time that I did have a time goal, but I was like, I'm not going to meet that time. Like it's, it's not going to happen today. It's totally cool. But again, I started tapping into that. Okay. Well, but I'm doing something that a lot of other people aren't doing. So Mm -hmm. how do we start to work in that new language? How do we reframe that? And I think even for you and I, as coaches who work with other people, how do we work that language in for, for our athletes throughout their training? How do we get them to see that even if we're giving you a workout and these are the paces we want you to try to do that, if you don't meet them, it's okay. Like, how do we get them to that point? Or I guess what within us as coaches need to change to help our athletes learn how to celebrate themselves more. Because I've also heard the horror stories of certain athletes working with coaches. And if they don't meet the time, then the coach is disappointed in them and like mm-hmm. has no problem expressing that disappointment. So as coaches, how do we change our approach so that our athletes do learn and want to celebrate themselves? So I think it's, 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 a lot of things. Um, number one, when someone has a tough workout, um, you know, you're like, that's why your training cycle is, you know, 16, 18, 20 weeks long, because the race wasn't today. You still need, you still have time to go. Like this is, this is not a snapshot of what can happen in three, three weeks, three months. It's a snapshot of what happened today. And it's, let's talk about it. Let's see what, what kind of external factors might be playing into the fact that you didn't quite get where you wanted to be today or where we thought you could be. And, and all of these are wrapped, like this, all this conversation is wrapped in, in positivity, not in a toxic way. Um, you know, I'm not going to be out there saying every mile is magic. Every mile is 
every mile is all, I'm not going to say that. I never say that because it is not true. And, but I say to them, you know, like, let's be, let's look at this objectively. Let's look at it from like a science perspective. Let's look at it at a, like, you know, look, we have this data, let's look at it. And then let's talk about how you feel. And, you know, like if you had a, like a masking tape over your watch and you couldn't see your paces as you were doing it, did you feel like you ran to your best potential on mm -hmm. that day? And, you know, if the answer is no, well, why not? You know, and like, let's talk about it. But again, never in a way that would make someone feel like they are not good enough or they're, you know, they're disappointing me um, because there's really, you can't disappoint. Like if I'm your coach, the only reason I, the only way I'd be disappointed in you, if you is if you told me you did a workout and you didn't do it, which I'll find out anyway, <laughs> you <didn't do> it. <laughs> but you know, there's really, you're not going to disappoint me ever. You know, if you tried your best and that was your best on the day, then that was your best on the day. And that is fine. You know, again, it's, it's the accumulation of all the weeks of work that lead to race day. It's not one workout. It's not one long run. And um, just just trying to frame it that way for for my athletes as again like it's you know this is our this is our hobby. I'm not coaching anybody. I'm not coaching any professional athletes. So there's no money tied to this. This is for our joy and our personal self accomplishment. So if 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 we need to look a little bit further to find ways to celebrate, we can do that, you know, and I'm happy, like, I'm always happy to have a conversation with my runners. I love talking to my runners. They always, I they can't give me enough information, enough about what they're doing and, and, and how they feel. So, um, so that, hopefully that answers the question. <laughs> yeah, no, I was going to say, cause it's, I think what I'm hearing you say too, is the, the let's understand why you're doing what you're doing mm -hmm. and kind of, connect back to that. And I'm with you. I'm like, the more information I have, the better, because sometimes your ability to celebrate yourself is limited by what you see. Right. So yeah. if you have someone who says, Oh no, I didn't do the workout or I did the workout, but I couldn't give it more. And then you sit down and you're, you're talking to them and they're like, yeah, but I only slept three hours last night. And then I didn't have dinner and I had this and my child was sick. You hear all of that. And you're like, wait, wait a minute. Did you just hear what you said? That's why I right. love to hear all the context stuff because it brings in perspective of, but wait, you still went out and did that. Right. Even when you right. had all this other stuff all this stress on you. That's amazing. And I feel like, I feel like I, I, what we're talking about too is, is being more expansive in what we label celebrate because celebrate, it doesn't have to be like bells and whistles and you're going woohoo after everything, but celebrating can sometimes be that tiny. Yeah, you did it. You did mm -hmm. it. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. And I think that's, obviously a benefit of having a coach is right. that your coach is going to be a cheerleader for you. Yes. And your coach is going to be someone that's going to remind you and help put the pieces together so that you see to what you said, right? In week one, that speed workout may not feel great and maybe it'll discourage you, but 
you may repeat that workout in week 16 and absolutely crush it because at that point you've had all this other training. And I think, again, that's where the coach comes in of like, hey, here's this perspective of this is our roadmap. You're right here and we're going to get there. But mm-hmm. it is pulling people back. And I feel like sometimes people get so caught up in the forward motion that they don't know how to be in the moment. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, 100% agree. I think um, reading Dina Castor's book, I think really helped me reframe thinking about my runs and thinking about how I feel when I, when things get hard. Um, I don't know if you've read her book. Um, I haven't. And now the title is like, what is the title of her book? It's Dina, Ka- it's Dina Castor's book. Yeah, um, it's, it's her like memoir, right? Yeah, it's her memoir. It is fantastic. It is, I think, um, I think I need to send it to my runners for Christmas this year <laughs> because it's, it talks about the mindset and being able to, instead of saying my body can't do this, it's saying my body is doing this, you know, like my body's not hitting like, or this is, it's getting hard and I'm being, and I'm thankful that I'm, that my lungs are, are carrying me. I'm they, I'm feeling my legs, um, getting tired. They're reminding me that we were working hard. It's, it's kind of thinking about taking the negativity out and, and, and reframing with a positive mindset. Um, when racing and just, and going through anything that's hard in your life, really. I mean, it's very, it's very, very, I, I met her at wine glass this year at the wine glass. I was like total fangirl. I was like, Oh my God, there's Dina Gaster. Like, <laughs> I, I love so that. I love that. Have you read Des Linden's book? Not yet. I, okay. There's so many good books that are out right now, like Kara Goucher's book and Des Linden's book. I need to read, I need to spend some beach time and read there. These books. Yes, there's a ton. But in Des Linden's book, she talks about that too, how she had a moment in her race where she thought of, um, she remembered that she was able to do it, that she, that this was the choice she was making. She was choosing to do something hard and that her body had the ability to do it. And again, I come back to me personally, my worst race experience was I lacked that perspective. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I could not even celebrate the fact that I finished because I was so disappointed with how I finished. And that was something that I look back and I don't, not with regret, but I just look back at sadness, like with sadness. Cause I'm like, man, I spent, I spent like three months being really mopey as to this race, all because I would not allow myself to celebrate the fact that I finished. Mm-hmm. So how do we, how do we find it within us or what support do you feel like we need when it comes to celebrating in those moments where we don't meet our goals, where the workout is hard or where we're just really, really disappointed or in those moments where we're feeling like, and I'm going to throw this out there and maybe it's been your experience, maybe it's not, but where we feel like we wasted a training cycle. Mm -hmm. How do we find that? 
So that was one of the things that I thought of immediately after, after this recent Pittsburgh marathon. And I, I realized as a coach, nothing I did in those 18 weeks is wasted. I still have all of that fitness. Like that fitness didn't go away because I had a bad day. That fitness is still within me. It's not, you can't waste it, you know, like, and like that was, that is helpful to me to think about because now as I prepare to go into the next two marathon trains or at least one that I have on the schedule, like the next marathon training cycle I have coming up in August. Um, and like, again, like remembering some of the good moments during the race or like during the workout, there were some good moments during this Pittsburgh race. Um, there were so many people out cheering. There were, I saw my kids, my kids and my husband were there and they're not always there for my marathons. Um, so seeing them and seeing them in the last like mile of the race being, even though I had, I was not happy with my time seeing my kids and my family being so excited to see me mate, like that will be something that I remember. I'm going to remember the, um, people handing out the oranges and the pineapple slices on the, like, you know, just, just people, not official volunteers, but they were just out there cheering on the runners and celebrating the runners. Um, and that's something that I'm going to, you know, remember and, and, and go on. And that's stuff that you have to take the time to allow yourself to kind of like grieve a little bit about not having the day you wanted and recognize, and that's okay. Like you, like that, you need to like, you can't just say, Oh, like I, you know, I didn't finish. You have to allow yourself to feel the way you want to feel to a point. And then you can, you know, after a week goes by, maybe two or three weeks, you can start thinking back to some moments that you can be like, Oh, that was really great. And, and being able to celebrate it that way. Like, in, in, in perspective, you know, cause time brings perspective. Time so. absolutely does. Look, I'm here, you know, it's 2023. So we're six years later from my 2017 moment. And I'm like, wait, I just discovered something now that I could celebrate based on what you were saying. I really loved my outfit. I thought yeah. it was the cutest. <laughs> That's something like that, where I'm like, I've never given myself the opportunity to even think that or say that's the first time I've said it out loud where I'm like, dude, that race was rough, but I loved my outfit. Right. And right. I think, and, and I think that's such a great tip, right? Like I'm going to label it as a tip of finding the moment, not so much, maybe overall the experience was not mm -hmm. great. But within that, there are moments. And I just appreciate that so much because as I was listening to you talk, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember at mile 24, you know, like grabbing the shot of beer from the people that were standing yeah. outside and the signs and all of that. Like I can vividly, which is so great. Well, you just gave me the most beautiful gift you could give me today. Because <laughs> I think- great. Because I think, but it's what, to what you said, right? Where like time, time brings perspective. Time also brings healing. And mm -hmm. now again, listening to you speak, I'm like, oh, those were some fun moments in that race. Yes, I can still recall how awful I felt when I finished and again, how I finished. But I can also very quickly bring up the memories of how excited I was about my outfit, how excited I was to see all the different signs and to have the beer and, 
And again, for me, it always happens for me when if I'm in a race and I realize, okay, it's not going to be my time day. I start saying, like, I give myself the markers of just run to the next fun sign. Just do that. Like I start to actually notice the course more and the people on the course more. And yeah, I just want to say thank you because that right there, I'm like, I really did like my outfit. Like even I could, I'm picturing one of my race photos where I'm like holding my stomach because I had a really bad side stitch. Uh And even then I love that photo because I just love my, (laughs) I loved my outfit where I'm like, yeah, I looked cute. It's funny. Some of the worst races I had, like I had a really bad experience in Chicago, Chicago in 2021. And then obviously just in Pittsburgh, I have like some really great photos from those races. And, and, you know, now like it's, you know, I'm starting to get into that point where I'm like, you know what, like you can look back and, 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 and find, like I said, like find the moments like, and that's, and I do tell that to my, to my clients too. It's like, like, let's like think about like five things that were really like signs that were really funny that made you laugh or like, did you see your kids? And like, how did you feel in that moment seeing your kids and your kids seeing you do something really hard, you know? So those types of things, um, I think that helps bring like some joy back into it when it's not your day. Absolutely. I mean, I, again, for me, the, the signs, that's usually when I realize it's, it's not going to be a good time day. That's when I pay more attention to the signs. And I've gotten some pictures with some phenomenal signs over the years that are still like my favorites. And it's great. I have a question though, because for you're a coach, I'm a coach. And I feel like one of my favorite parts to do, one of my favorite things to do as a coach is to process the race afterwards. Yes. To Mm -hmm. kind of go through of like what worked, what didn't work. How did you feel? Walk me through. I ask a lot of questions. What did you eat the day before? What was your activity level the day before? What was your breakfast? I even asked down to what time did you wake up? And then what time did you start? Like, I like to know all of that because if you're waking up at 5 a.m. but you're not starting until 10, that's a lot of time for stuff to happen. Right. So I think- People who have a run coach who does that, they benefit so greatly from that processing because you are working through it in real time. People Mm -hmm. who don't have coaches, how can they create their own process for it? Because like you said, grieve not having the day that you had, but don't spend too much time there. And Mm -hmm. I say this again from my personal experience after that race. Yeah, I spent three months three months because I really had no one to check me in. I wasn't working with a coach. There wasn't, I, there really wasn't anyone around me. It took a non-runner person at the time to, to say, Steph, it's been three months, get over it for me to snap out of it, but not everyone's going to have that person. So what are some ways that people who are listening to this, who maybe don't have a run coach, how they can start the that process of grieving a race or just thinking through the race or inviting in other perspectives mm-hmm. when it comes to whatever their race experience was or their run experience, whatever it is that maybe they're celebrating isn't exactly the first instinctual response. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think um, something anybody can do, regardless if they have a coach or not, is to is to 
think about, like I said, like think about a couple of things that are, that don't have anything to do with how you were feeling or, um, or what time was on your watch. Um, like, do you, was there something funny that happened? Like a funny sign? Did you, was someone kind to you, um, mm -hmm. that was watching and did they make you smile? Um, how did you feel after, like when you were able to to sit down and either have like a beer or like have like a coffee or something that um that you were thinking about during the race and then finally being able to have whatever that that item is, like that sense of, oh, like I did it. Um and you know, looking back at your like the mental aspect of pushing through when it's hard. And that's not a tangible thing that you can look on on a watch, but you know, you still, you still finished it. And, and if you didn't finish, that's okay. It's, it's then be proud of yourself to recognize if I go any further, then I might be jeopardizing my running future because I'm injured or I am dehydrated or something like, so it, so again, like that, that could probably be a whole other conversation about DNF, but, um, just, uh, like the non-time, like the tangible things that you can remember and look back on in time will be something that you can be like, like almost celebratory or, or, or bring you joy. Um, but I definitely, uh, having friends too, like just run, like run friends if they're online or if they're in person, like, you know like our community as runners, I feel like is really supportive and reaching out to someone who, who kind of gets it, um, and let, and lets you vent could be a really helpful tool to be able to get over these, these bad days that we have and, and kind of help you reframe it in your mind. Yeah. I talk about often support groups and how we need various levels like there's you need your non-runners that are supporting you and then you need your runners that are supporting you and then wellness providers that are supporting you and i i like to think of the runners that support you the importance of them being at different stages and training for different distances because you have that perspective right so like my first time marathoner can be really disappointed. And then I can be like, well, you know, I've ran X amount of them. So that is part of the process. And like you, like, like even you shared where three, three out of the five were great. That is really, really helpful because it is that perspective of, oh yeah, we're, and I think this is a bigger, like a greater thing of that expectation that it's always going to feel good or that it's always going to be easy or that we're always going to meet our goal. And it's like, no, that that's actually more of a hope, right? Like right. we're hoping to meet our goal. We're hoping to finish. And I think even I try to have that conversation with people all the time in terms of like how they're setting their goals of like, all right, but let's set some other goals too. Like, yes, here's your time goal, but what else? What else? And that was something that was for me personally, very pivotal with my London experience where my A goal was to finish feeling strong. That was yeah. my A goal. My B goal was to like nail my nutrition, feel good, like have nutrition, not be the thing that messed me up. And mm -hmm. then my C goal was a time goal. And when I finished the race and I didn't meet the time goal, 
I was still okay because I met the other two goals. So I think that's part of it as well of like, you celebrate yourself by being dynamic with mm-hmm. how you are approaching your runs. It's not just the the finishing, that's part of it, but it's, I love that. The, how did you feel? What are some things to kind of take into consideration before you do it? You should totally create a worksheet like that and like be like, hey, here is a resource for all of y'all of like, here, yeah. just what are, you know, your race day, race name, five things that you noticed or just something that speaks to the experience itself. Mm-hmm. Because the reality is, is you meet your time goal. If it's the time goal, you're going to set another time goal. So I think that's a question that I have for you too, because I, I noticed that a lot with a lot of runners is that they'll set a time goal, meet the time goal, and then they don't even give themselves the time to celebrate that accomplishment before they already start talking about the next goal, the next thing, the next thing. So how do we hit pause in that, in that scenario? Yeah, that's actually something I'm pretty guilty of as well. Um, I had a pretty great um, fall marathon at wine glass. I PR'd. I didn't, I didn't hit my time goal actually at wine glass, but I did PR. So I was super excited about it. And um, then I just kind of thought that my fitness from the marathon would translate into other things. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go run the Philly marathon. And I didn't decide to, or not the Philly marathon, I'm sorry, Philly half marathon, which was like a month, a little bit after, a little like six weeks or so after wine glass. And I was like, oh, I should be able to totally PR the half marathon because I have all this marathon fitness. Well, that didn't happen. And it's, you know, it's like, that taught me a valuable lesson too, that I can then share with my runners is like, you know, you spend a lot of time dedicating yourself on the A race, which is why it's important to have goal races and and non-goal races, the races that you do just for fun. Because we did, I did so much marathon specific training. I didn't do any half marathon specific training and I didn't even decide to do the race until like two weeks before. So it's the, you know, setting expectations. Like, like I had taken my, you know, downtime on after the marathon. I hadn't really I had been doing a couple, uh, you know, like, you know, my normal standard mileage, but not marathon, not half marathon specific training really at all. Right. So, um, so just like, it's an important reminder for me to realize that you do need the downtime. You do need to reframe how you're thinking about future races because the fitness, yes, you don't lose it, but it doesn't always equate to better times and other distances. And, um, you know, just, you can ride that marathon high for as long as you, as long as you can, and you should, because it's so hard. It's a long training cycle and, you know, sign up for the other races afterwards if you want to, but, but think of them in a different way. Don't think of them as, as your A race now, because, you didn't spend the time training for it for your A race. Like think of it more as the fun run, be out there for the kids and the dogs and the high fives and, and the signs and the camaraderie with the other runners. Um, so that is, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, uh, no, no, no. yeah like, because <laughs> I, like, I, it's just, it's so complicated and I love it because it's like, I feel like this is something we both struggle with. So if you're listening to this, 
I hope it's a reminder to you that your run coaches struggle with the same thing that yeah. you struggle with, right? Like we're, we're all trying to figure this out as well. And, you know, I think of it even in terms of the redemption race. And I feel like we yes. talked about this too, right? Like that redemption race of, and I had a redemption race as well. But again, I didn't even allow myself to celebrate the fact that I finished the race. Mm -hmm. So there's a gap there. There's a gap. And I think even as we're talking, I'm like, oh, that celebration is the closing, like an official closing of that cycle and not celebrating yourself and just jumping into something else. I don't want it. I want to put it like so dramatically, but it's like, you're still kind of carrying the trauma, quote unquote trauma of that previous experience, because you didn't give yourself the opportunity to celebrate something as simple as, okay, well, I finished, like I did it. I, I try to tell myself now that, all right, if I, if I can't celebrate what I physically did, I can at least celebrate that I mentally got through it. Like I can celebrate that I got from start line to finish side. But it is hard. It is hard to, even when you meet your goals, to stay in that celebration without jumping ahead and thinking of something else. And mm-hmm. Well, it really is like when you spend all this time training for something like a marathon or a half marathon, and then it's over, it's kind of like when the honeymoon is over and you're like, wow, like this was all consuming in my life. And now it's now what? And so you like, I feel like you are chasing that other high again. Um, and it's, it's important, but like, you can't always be in a training cycle. Like you need to have some downtime and I struggle with it myself a hundred percent. Like I don't feel like I'm doing anything. If I am not marathon, if I'm not marathon training, it's like, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing? <laughs> like I have all of this time. What am I doing? And but it's, it, you know, it's like, like find like some things that you want to do that you didn't have time to do while you were chasing your goal. Like if that's reading more books, if that is going to the movies, if that's binging Bravo, like catch up on your shows, you know, like it's this, but you, like you, like the, the mental downtime is so important because it's just as important as the physical downtime, in my opinion. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's, that's how you prevent burning out, right? Like mm-hmm. I, at least in my opinion, that's how you prevent the burnout is by giving yourself that time to totally come down from whatever the experience was to kind of be in the land of not having things as structured, even if it's uncomfortable, mm-hmm. not having that. I'm a big proponent of those periods where you're in between because then you actually get to miss And I feel like sometimes when you're in the depths of your training, at least I, there's, there's almost always a point in training where you're like, oh my God, how much more? Oh, this is so intense. I'm so tired. But that in between period is that period where you can look back and you can reflect and you're like, all right, it wasn't too bad. Like we did it. We got through it and I can't wait to do it again. There's that, the, I can't wait to do it again. Whereas sometimes when you're going cycle after cycle after cycle, you're not even giving yourself that breath to be like, okay, let's do this again. Or right. maybe even um, check in with yourself to see, of, is this a season of life where I can do this? Is this a season right. of life where it makes sense for me to 
put in, invest all this time into this race, into this effort. So it's, again, we're struggling with it too, y'all, like trying to figure it out and trying to, trying to, to balance it. It's kind of like a, an interesting balance. Mm-hmm. I have two final questions for you. And I'm curious as to what you're going to say to this one. How can we celebrate other runners? So we've talked a lot about celebrating ourselves as coaches, how we help our athletes celebrate themselves. But how do we help other runners celebrate themselves? I loved this question, actually, when you sent it to me um, last night to think about. And um, one way that I can think of, I, two ways that I thought of right off the top of my head is volunteering at a race, mm-hmm. you know, hand out, hand out packets, be a course marshal, hand out water, hand out medals. Um, and then if you can't do any of that, then can you go cheer? Can you go? Like, I love cheering at races. It is like, there are definitely days that I'm running a race and I'm like, I wish I was cheering instead because <laughs> it would be a lot more fun. And even if you don't think you're doing a lot by just cheering, like, I mean, you a hundred percent just being out there and, and clapping for runners as they go by and giving that, that little, those little words of encouragement or making that funny sign like that. It's so helpful. And I feel like um, if you're a runner and you haven't gone out and cheered, or if you haven't volunteered, like you really need to, you really need to do it because it it's very rewarding and, um, and it just, and it helps you feel more connected to the community. And, and, um, I love it. I love doing both of those things. It reminds me of something I always say is that running is more to be a runner is to do more than just run, right? Like you can't, your identity as a runner, your participation in this sport goes beyond you physically putting one foot in front of the other and running. And spectating is absolutely an incredible thing to do. Volunteering at a race is a great thing to do. Bringing on a friend who has wanted to run, but doesn't know how to, or thinks Mm. you're too slow. Like that's something that I thought of too. When I, when I sent that question, I'm like, huh, how do we do that? And it's like, oh yeah, we do. Celebrating them is, is those words of encouragement that, that Mm -hmm. sign, that great job, all of that is part of it. And I think of, I thought of if I, if I could only speak to myself as kindly as I would speak to someone else, right. If Mm -hmm. I could, if I could cheer the way I cheer people on sometimes I'm like all in 100% all heart. And I'm like, I don't even care what time they finished. And I'm just impressed that they're out here. And it's in those moments where I'm like, oh, it's so funny how I can be like that for someone else, but not for myself. Right. And that's actually another good way to get your mojo back after a bad race or a bad experience is you go out and cheer for another race and you can see the joy ranging from the people who are in the front of the pack, the middle of the pack and the back of the pack. Like, you know, and that could help spark more of a celebration of what you, what you did by watching others doing the same thing. Oh yeah. Because when you're in the experience, you're in your experience, right? Whereas watching people, you're, you're the observer at that point. And, and it's an interesting spot to be in because you know what they're mentally going through, but then to see them continue on, there's just something, there's something so inspiring about that of, of like, all right, okay. Because you know, I know they know, 
that the brain is telling you to stop and yet you're willing yourself to continue. Yeah. So it's amazing. All right. Final question. You've already answered it before, so it's not a new one. Let's see. Let's see if the answer's changed. But how can we make running more accessible and inclusive? I am so glad that you asked this again, because after the last time I thought about it and I was like, I did not like my answer. And I have thought about this question. And now my answer is let's make infrastructure for, for runners and walkers. Like there's, you know, on the road I ran today, there's only half sidewalks and I'm in the road. So let's push for more accessibility to trails, to yeah, having safe places to run, like like protected bike lanes for bikers and then sidewalks for runners or protected lane for runners, um, having things like bathrooms, like public areas that you can like go, like there's a bathroom, like at six o'clock in the morning, the grocery store might not be open for you to pop in. You know, is there a park? Is there a park that has a bathroom facility that runners could use or walkers or, you know, whoever? water fountains like that's the big one for me this, this pub all this public infrastructure that benefits not only runners but like the entire community like having access to water so you know like like those types of things are are what I feel like could help make it more accessible and inclusive you know because there's neighborhoods that you know don't have those things in place that affect disproportionately more people of color. And um, so I think just pushing for more public funding for, for public works projects, like, like that kind of in infrastructures would, would benefit making society help more healthy in general. Yeah, I agree. We have in Miami, we have this thing called the underline and it is, I don't even know how many miles of a sidewalk path underneath the, the train station, like the Metro and there are no water, there are no water, water fountains anywhere along that. And I'm like, this would be so nice to run on because it's such a long path, but I would never run on it because there's no water. Like something as simple as that, just mm -hmm. a water fountain can dramatically change people using that. So I agree with you on that. I personally find myself running in the street often because there are no sidewalks or if there are sidewalks, they're not well-maintained, right? right? There's roots and there's stuff building on it or there's neighborhoods. Again, there's another path to here in, in my area and it's wonderful. It is a long path, but the lighting is like non-existent. So you've got this nice long path, but then there's no lighting. So is that really safe? No. So I, I love that because I think there's, that is something that we can, we can all affect change in, in terms of lobbying for more money to be put into infrastructure or bringing that stuff to light, especially as running as a sport becomes more and more popular more people are running, more people are doing these races and cities should catch up to that. So mm -hmm. I love that. I love that you thought about it. I did. I'm time. telling you, I thought about that. I was like, I didn't like my answer. I was like, it, it struck me one day as I was running in the road because there was no sidewalk. And I was like, there's so many places that don't have like safe paths for people. And 
Um, so yeah. And like, like I even email, I email my township every year around the same time because they don't turn on the water. Like I stopped at the water fountains and they're not on yet. Like they just turned our water fountains on like two weeks ago. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm like, you know, my husband calls me Claire Pritchett from modern family who like yells about speed bumps and stop signs and, and water fountains. And, and I was like, Hey, can we get a porta potty in the park here? Because you're, there's bathrooms, but they're locked like right. in the morning. Like, you know, I was like, why, why don't we have this stuff? And they sent me back an answer that I didn't agree with, but <laughs> that's the story. Yeah. yeah. That's something else because it'll, it's all that stuff is it they'll 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 claim safety issues for other reasons that aren't really maybe not yeah. always relevant to to the reason why and i've seen it here you'll have parks where it'll say bathrooms open at sunrise and it's like sunrise is here and bathrooms still are not open so i hear that and i think it's so important the infrastructure piece of it is so important because oftentimes people will say just run, just go. And it's like, but you can't like, sometimes you you can't just run. Sometimes you need a car to go somewhere safe to run. And not everyone has access to a car to go safe to run. So that's something that I know I, I always, I get a little, uh, a little upset when people are like, just put shoes on and go out and run because it's, it's not that simple for everyone. It's not that simple for everyone. And even for someone like you, someone like me, where I'm sure we take all the safety precautions, we run in safe neighborhoods, we're still running in neighborhoods that don't have sidewalks or don't have good lighting or don't have bathrooms, don't have water. So it's like, are we really are we really creating these communities or are we in these communities that allow for people to be outside for extended periods of time? You're not, right? Because some, again, the water fountain, that one is just, that one blows my mind because it's like, you can't tell someone to go out and do a 30 minute walk with no water and it being like 80, 90 degrees, right? Something like that, where it's like, come on, let's, let's actually think about this stuff a little right. bit more. So I appreciate that answer. I always appreciate that answer because that is such a tangible thing that all of us can do something yes. about. Meredith, what's going on for you? You've got your mile race. Where can yes. we follow you on social media? What's coming up for you? How can we support you? And oh. how can we celebrate you? Thank you. Well, yes, I have my mile race coming up on Monday. Um, you can follow along with me on Instagram at Mare Runs a Marathon. And then I have a separate Instagram for my coaching, which is where I celebrate my runners. And that is Level Up Your Run um, on Instagram as well. And, um, so after my mile race, I'm going to do, um, some speedier things, um, like a 5k in August, maybe I'll pop into, um, there's a 15k next week. Maybe I'll pop into that and just do it for fun. Um, and then I'll start training for CIM in um, August. So I'm very excited about CIM. I have um, some friends that are going out doing it as well. And I'm, I've heard great things about that race. So that's going to be in December. And so that'll be my next big goal. I love that. My dogs are cheering you on as well. (laughs) I'm like, no, they're going to come and talk. Um, Well, I can't wait to cheer you on for CIM. I've heard nothing but good things about that race. And it seems like you're setting yourself up as best as possible, even by going there with friends. It's like, even if you don't run with friends, there's something about being in the same race as your friends that 
motivates you to oh, like, yeah. go and finish. So I can't wait to see how it all goes. I am super excited to see how your <laughs> one mile goes. Oh, yeah. And Me too. I, <laughs> I feel like I feel like a big part of celebrating yourself is knowing the season that you're in. So whether you're in the season of training for that A goal race, or like you said, having some races that you just do for fun or having some races that you actually go to spectate at and not run in, right? Like how can you, how can you create all these opportunities for you to show up as fully as possible as a runner without necessarily having to do the A goal thing? So I thank you so much for coming and chatting with me on celebration and how we can take all the small moments and really focus on those being the things that matter. So thank you, Meredith. Any final words for us? Um, Just thanks for having me on again. It's always a pleasure to speak with you and, um, you know, just reminding everybody like, like you can, you can celebrate so many other things other than just a time on a watch. Um, there's so many other things out there that you can take out of running to bring you joy. And um, I think that's it. That's it. All right, everyone. We'll <laughs> see you next time. Bye now. Bye-bye. Thank you. Meredith gave me such a great gift of perspective in this chat. The 2017 Chicago Marathon will always be my most challenging and disappointing race. But there are beautiful moments that came from that experience too. Meredith reminded me, and us, that big feelings of celebration can be found in the small moments. There's always something to celebrate. Even if it's a pat on the back for going out for that run that you were dreading. For more on Meredith, give her a follow on Instagram at levelupyourrun and Mare Runs a Marathon. You can also check out her run coaching offerings at levelupyourrun.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. You can reach out to me on Instagram at The Cookie Runner or through my website, thecookierunner.net. You can also support this podcast with a rating, review, or a share. Until next time, run happy, run strong, and run true to you.